my own thinking. Got a lot of big plans. Stand back. Butter himself, the king of catering, it's Monte Cristo. We have a lovely show ahead, and we're talking about one of the most delightful people of all time, Vince McMahon, through the vignette of WrestleMania 39 week out here in Los Angeles. I had my feet on the ground, my eyes in the sky, and my God, was I dead by the end of it. Uh, Thanks for holding the reins down everyone yeah we did, our best. we did our best you were off on your it was, it was lovely listening stand back <laughs> yes the uh, eponymous intro from vince mcmahon himself oh, as he wrote God. a he wrote one of multiple musical numbers to Wait, detail there's... how there's yeah more? we're gonna cl- we're gonna close with the other song he wrote oh, to detail beautiful. how he was going to run everyone <laughs> in his industry out of business well he um succeeded Matt, you so, gotta you gotta post that onto the instagram to share i will i will i'll make sure to share it for everybody yeah. I, so I, I don't know if you guys know this or not but i'm a wrestling fan and so Whoa, no way at the same time did you of know about WrestleMania this? week. I didn't. I, I thought he hated at, wrestling. At the same time of WrestleMania <laughs> week, I also got the book Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America by Abraham Reisman. So we're going to talk about that well, you read. as well today. But first, I want to know, Matt, how are you doing, pal? Uh, I'm doing okay. I uh, have been chilling. I, I I made some wonderful uh, beef ribs over the last 24 hours and have been relaxing, listening to some great new music as of recently, um, which I'll be talking about in the future. Um, Monty, how have you been doing? Uh, pretty good. Um, I just celebrated my wedding anniversary. My Happy anniversary. Wife. Uh, How many years, Monty? Nine years. Ooh, yeah. are you prepping something for the Big Ten? Yeah, but hopefully she's not listening. But it's <laughs> but um, I keep yeah. a seat. You're keeping the lockdown. Yeah. 
And catering Keep wise, I made some really spicy chicken breasts this evening. Ooh. It's like, I, I don't know, this rub is like, it's pretty good, but it's kind of a little, I think I put too much on, but it works. What 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 was in your, uh, what's in your spice rub? Uh, I don't know, but I think one of the ingredients was <laughs> habanero. So yeah, Ooh, uh, well, that is a good ingredient. I can't I, stand habaneros. Oh, I, I love habanero. I'm a but, total but, bitch when it comes to habanero. Speaking of which, like in the states, do you guys have the pepper shop? Like they sell like salsa, spicy sauce. Uh, we have we have some. We have a couple Something different like spice. Yeah, we we have store some. brands. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, we can get a lot of like, you know, like imported uh, raw peppers. That's usually what I end up doing if I'm going to be like cooking something big. But otherwise, um, yeah, we and we have tons of spice shops, especially in Chicago. Chicago, I think, and, and it's probably true for L.A., have like huge well, international food markets. So, I, so L.A. Food gets talk. a lot of spice markets here, but... A lot of the spices they get in are like the really low quality ones. Oh, <laughs> like okay. like like Indian grocery standard garam masala is like I don't recommend it. Um oh, but no. when we you went know what? to I, I think oh sorry to cut you off, but I was gonna say when Matt comes into town I gotta take him in I gotta buy him the devil's toe. I I whatever that is <laughs> sounds bad. It's I a... love sucking on devil's toes it's actually a lollipop that's made out of ghost pepper or like very high in uh uh what like extract spice uh, oh capsaicin the scoville i no 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 scoville yes scoville yeah yeah oh anyway man, sorry you know, I that met, sounds so uh, exciting met. but uh you know i might have to take a rain check on that one <laughs> <laughs> oh no i randomly died on our trip to toronto and had to leave <laughs> So, um, I, I will say, uh, St. Louis has a really good spice shop. So when we were there, we loaded up on like 15 different spices. Hell it was yeah. wonderful. Um, but this weekend I made a, my first ever homemade curry paste Ooh. and bruh, did you, mm, let did me you... tell you that was some cauliflower and garbanzo beans. My goodness. Did you pound it? I didn't just pound it. I ground it. Oh, so we, but oh, nice. the, the true, a true, a true curry paste needs to be pounded nice and hard. Yeah. Mm. If you listen to Uncle Roger, he'll teach you well how to make good paste by pounding. <laughs> All right. On All that right. note, who wants to talk about fake sports? We've been to parlay that before we get to the fake sports. Tell, tell me what was your favorite meal over WrestleMania weekend? Oh yeah. I didn't eat anything. Oh come on! You gotta, you gotta have like one potato chip. No, I mean like I had I had half a sandwich one day. The actually no, in downtown LA there was a soul food restaurant that was pretty good. And I don't know if it was because the food was good, which I don't think it was. It was probably because I hadn't eaten like the 3 days leading up to that. Oh, but <laughs> that's probably Their cornbread muffin ooh was so good and they had like a maple butter that was served with two and when you buttered up the cornbread it tasted like you were eating pancakes. I love that, me some right. cornbread. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm up for that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. There we go. I got one. Outside of that it was like 2 a.m. Taco Bell or oh perfect well, 1 a.m. Starving. 
Those sound like the perfect, the perfect meals in my opinion. So <laughs> this was, I think I numbered it out. I think this is like my 17th WrestleMania. I've been wow. to something like that. In I'm like surprised it's, years, I'm surprised it's that few. Well, I started at 22, right? So I've done everyone since 22 except for the COVID 136. Oh, and you mean you mean in consecutive order too, right? Like yeah, I'm yeah sure I've done I've went, done all of those. But you 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 had gaps where like when you you what was the first WrestleMania you ever went to? Like period. 22. That was the first one ever. Yeah, well, because we were WCW people before. Oh, that, okay. Right. To that, so to WCW that closes in 2001. And we essentially stop watching for a year. Wait, what was WCW's equivalent to wrestling? What was it called? Uh, Starcade. Oh, well, right. it's called Starcade. shit. Yeah, it it was <laughs> it was mostly Starcade. There were a few years they tried to make it Super Brawl. Oh. But yeah, it's for the most part, it's just Starcade. Um. God, I'm getting bogged down the minutiae already. I'm not gonna do that this episode. <laughs> this is gonna be a good episode. Yeah, nice and concise. Keeping it concise. Episode. Ta- tell me about the weekend, Ben. So let's wait. What? When did your weekend start? My weekend started on Thursday. Now, now, um, now. Here, let me ask you a follow-up question. So that your week, your weekend for WrestleMania started on a Thursday, right? Now, yeah. having having been to over ten WrestleManias in a row without break. Was this the longest WrestleMania weekend you've experienced? Or when did the, I guess, which might be a better question, when did this kind of trend of, like, mass wrestling migration start to occur? Because when I was a kid, I mean, it might have been happening, but I had no idea, really, until I think the one, I think until, like, WrestleMania 2015 was when I truly understood, like, the breadth of shows that are happening around wrestlemania in the same town at the same time so stadium shows for wwe which were wrestlemanias they mm-hmm. started consistently back in 2007 with wrestlemania 23 in detroit okay um chicago to this day wrestlemania 22 is the last one in front of a standard arena sized crowd hey it was the best mania i've ever gone to there you go wink wink um <laughs> i still have the chairs and so I think what happened is people noticed that the crowds the day after uh-huh. would have all the super diehard fans from Europe. Oh, and they'd go okay. crazy. Like the day after WrestleMania 22 at that raw, the crowd booed John Cena for 20 minutes after the show went off the air. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, it, it sort of continued from there. So 2008, there wasn't much 2009, 10, 11 there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. i would say the indie shows started gaining more traction as ring of honor gained popularity with their super card of honor shows okay that were always in the same town but like a few days before wrestlemania and now they're right they're directly the day before right yes we, basically they're just whenever they can get free space in before wrestlemania uh, once GCW started gaining notoriety with their Joey Janela spring break shows, mm-hmm. I think that's when like people start realizing there were a lot of shows to go to around okay. WrestleMania week. And it was around 2018, I think 2019 where it became like, okay, there's like three conventions going on in town 
and everyone's got their shit to go to. So now where we're at in wrestling is there's WWE stuff, which can occupy our time from Thursday through Monday. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's WrestleCon, which is a convention, and then they have wrestling shows from Thursday morning through Sunday. There's GCW, The Collective, which sometimes has a con attached and sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Uh, And they also have their own set of shows that run opposite WrestleCons and WWE's shows, and those run Thursday through Sunday. Sweet Jesus. Then there's Ring of Honor, who does their one show. And then finally, there are all of the other indie shows that are not affiliated with any one of these groups that are also running at the same time as everyone else. What a packed weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to nine events from Thursday through Monday. Uh, And I do not want to get bogged down in the details here. But what I will say is having read through uh, Abraham Reisman's book. Yeah. I I found it to be... First off, the book is good. If, If you watch... What's a good online wrestling reviewer? If you watch OSW Review online and you find their stuff is informative, then you should pick up this book. It will be very eye-opening. Okay. If you spend too much time on Reddit and hey. you already know most of the things that Vince McMahon is known, uh, for? Is known for, you're not really going to get a lot of new information out of this. What mm. this book is good for is filling in some details with a few new interviews shedding a bit more light on Vince McMahon's childhood and uh, sort of collating all this information into one package. I feel like they could have gone further and they didn't, but it doesn't make it a bad book. So it's, it's a, it's a solid book. So my question is Bennett and like for our, for our listeners out there who aren't big wrestling fans. And if you've made it this far into the episode, I commend you. Um, can you give people what is like the brief on the rise of Vince McMahon? So we know his his dad started a wrestling company and then Vince took it over. But like what what makes him the notorious figure he is today? Like I could talk about how he's fired a bunch of people and he's crazy, but that doesn't really capture the kind of person we're talking about here. And his Vince like his McMahon- baby. Vince McMahon is CM Punk if he was in management. But what if you don't know who CM Punk is? <laughs> I I was like trying to drop that huge bombshell and then go into it, Matt. I was looking for a reaction there and you gave me nothing. Um, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's I get it. But like, what if I don't Vince, understand that? Okay. Vince McMahon is the Donald Trump of pro wrestling. Perfect. There we go. Hit me, baby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, But I, I find... Donald Trump is obviously in a much larger scale at this point, right? Wow. But in terms of the industries, in, in terms of his power within like his sphere, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon is untouched, I think, of, of any industry. He has the amount of power that, you know, the oil barons back in the Gilded Era had. Yeah. You know, he's imagine, (laughs) imagine Henry Ford, if he prevented any car other than Ford from being made in America 
for like 30 years. Now that now that's 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 an aspect of things I can connect to. That is terrifying. Yeah, and the it's what this book does a good job of is really highlighting how not even interesting Vince McMahon's story is, which it is, but how profoundly sad it all mm. is at the same time. Uh, here, Here's a quote, actually, from the book. You're getting my... Uh, you're getting my ASMR from the papers here. Listen to this. Ahem. <clears throat> uh, Richard Meltzer, not related to Dave Meltzer. Wait, really? Posts... Yes, posts the, uh, he posts a lecture. Okay. Wrestling goes mainstream. Quote, an outcome that is vile, it's loathsome, it may even cause cancer. Don't laugh, this is serious. I hold these truths to be self-evident. What the fuck? What the hell? He bemoans the increasingly chiseled bodies of the performers. Quote, what we're faced with is slob disenfranchisement for of the most nefarious ilk. He bristles at the promotion's newly tacky visual aesthetic. Quote, seamless, sanitized, canned featured, digitally animated, color commentated, slow mode, and slick. He sneers at the fact that the industry's, quote, current sense of market is defined wholly and simply by that of lo- by that lowest of common denominators, children, hipsters, and morons. Hey, that sounds quote, about right. We're all here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he continues, quote, with the WWF running basically the whole entire show and the NWA, AWA, etc. reduced collectively to less than a sliver of the pie, wrestling's once mighty pluralism its infrastructural one-up on all American athlomonistic hooey Ooh. has been sent the way of the horse, the buggy, and the Bill of Rights. God damn. Wow. That's... What a condemnation. And, wow. <laughs> and, and, and basically what he says is that Vince McMahon killed kayfabe. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is the, you know, the veneer that there is some sort of truth and realism to wrestling. Mm-hmm. A- and his argument isn't that everyone knew wrestling was fake. There's a wonderful take in this book where they say the wrestlers knew it was fake. The fans knew it was fake, but the wrestlers didn't know the fans knew it was fake. Oh, so okay. there was always this dividing line. And when Vince goes and TV and radio and in courtrooms mm-hmm. and he says wrestling is fake yeah it takes the magic out of it because sure, yeah. even if everyone knew wrestling was fake it was still about who was going to win you didn't know how the soup was made yeah now there's and Vince betting. McMahon betrayed that and when you look at someone as spiteful as Vince McMahon, that article, by the way, was written in 1985. Holy if you want to see how the complaints against WWF have not changed in almost 40 years. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And it, it shows that Vince McMahon has never been a fan of wrestling. No, he's a fan of money and power. He's a fan of his dad. Vince McMahon's mm. 
life has been shaped through having two really, really shitty father figures. He had his stepfather, Leo Lupton, who beat him constantly. Beat and Vince. then he and and then he met Vince Sr., who he worked with closely, disagreed with him constantly, made him pay a million dollars to his father just so he could get the company with like really high interest rates that made it seem like he was trying to get his son to fail. <laughs> he showed more love to his non-biological nieces and nephews than he gave Vince. Well, of course. And Vince himself has volleyed back and forth whether or not his biological father ever actually told him that he loved him once. Wow. Yeesh. This is a real Fableman's kind of situation now, isn't it? Meanwhile, Vince comes in to the wrestling business where everyone hates him. They think he's a loser. Vince talks about how he'd beat people up in school. And this book actually interviewed several of his uh, relatives from school. Or not relatives, but several of his classmates from school. And they're like, no, he never really got in trouble. He was just like the guy who hung around the bad kids. Yeah, he's 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 the good he's the person who's good and who's smart enough to realize that being bad gets you in trouble, but wants the power and the notoriety of being able to pretend he's a bad kid. You want to know what type of childhood Vince McMahon had? An abused one, he, similar to Seven Spielberg's. He describes uh, in an interview with Playboy how one of the girls in the neighborhood who was introduced to him is sort of like a, like a cousin figure. Okay. If that makes sense. I'm very terrified where the hell this is going. <laughs> when they were young kids, he described that before they like hit puberty, they would play with each other's bodies. Oh, that's a sign of direct sexual abuse and a reason to call DCFS. That's well, fucked up. Uh, that what? girl, that girl who Vince, discovered his sexuality with oh please never up, never put it in that language ever again i don't know what la- there's no, no good I, language to use here. yeah they're right but that's that's not it okay fine uh oh no that was not girl, an editable moment that was a good moment to keep in that was just disturbing <laughs> um making that anyway one. that girl would end up mar- marrying oh, is her name linda Vince's abusive stepfather, Leo Lupton. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, what? Wait, and she's the same age? She's this very similar age to Vince, like a few years older. Oh, they were both being sexually assaulted by that man. <laughs> so that's Just what... to burst that bubble for everybody. Yeah, so Vince McMahon, this is where he comes from, is a trailer park in North Carolina... A quiet, abuse kid moves to New York to try and find love with his father. He laments the years that they missed together. And even when he's with his dad, he's argumentative, sends Vince away to Maine. There, There's what? Vince never got any sort of love. Yeah, he sent Vince to promote in Maine, one of his dying territories. As like to... a punishment? Not as a punishment, just be like, yeah, you want to learn how to book? Just go out there. Go in the middle of nowhere. Go and where no one Vince, will love you. And, but Vince made it work, so he came back. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. It's, 
like like this is what bore Vince McMahon is this loveless spiteful upbringing and then he's brought into a business that rewards you for being as cunning and vile as possible yeah he's like a lawyer pretty much he was raised to be a lawyer which means Vince McMahon has never like he liked pro wrestling growing up but only as a means to go to his dad and that's what I find is so fascinating is that Vince never learned actual love or compassion he learned how to abuse women he learned how to show no love to his children he he was taught all these horrible life lessons but through that it made him the most powerful businessman in wrestling and because of that now pro wrestling in america is through the lens of vince mcmahon and no one else and it always will be holy shit yeah, I didn't so that's know what he, I've been grappling with. About that with him and his kids. That's different. Yeah, well, my question yeah, is, what did this mean for the lives and, and childhoods of of Shane and... Um, Stephanie. And Stephanie. Well, we know part of it because it was on television. So Vince has always had a strange relationship with his kids, like, on screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it it doesn't... I haven't gotten the vibe from anywhere that, that Vince was, was like actively did anything bad to his children. Okay. Um, Well, that's good. Shane, Shane was brought up when uh, Shane was born in 1975 when Vince and Linda were going through uh, bankruptcies. Oh, okay. That I'm sure Vince McMahon doesn't want to talk about anymore. What? No, Um, Vince was never unsuccessful. He's worth $3 billion now. (laughs) <laughs> so so they were both born before like they really hit it big okay obviously through the storylines that vince has tried to put his daughter especially on in tv there's some weird oedipus thing going on there well, but he, that's he was raised beyond on... the realms it's beyond the realms of this book and i think it's beyond the realms of anything anyone has ever been able well, to or ha- wanted to talk ha- about you'd have to unlock the true like both the combination of the fact that it seems like, you know, yeah. Vince McMahon had all of the settings to make himself like someone with a borderline personality disorder. Plus, he was more than likely sexually assaulted alongside his future mother-in-law. Um, that he probably has some deep-seated issues when it comes to how he raised his own children. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear he views Shane as a disappointment. Well, of course. He blew his quads out. I, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, but just through how... <laughs> you know it back in the day it was always that shane was going to take the company and then that shifted over oh, to really? stephanie yeah it was originally going to be shane and stephanie had his mind for the business and so there's been a lot of talk about clashes vince has had with shane over the direction to take wwe mm. shane was the guy who famously wanted to buy ufc in like 2003 man that move well they would have ruined it but uh, yeah yeah i mean like thank god they didn't but like shane had the right ideas at least yeah but yeah without it, with without dana white that he they would have destroyed that oh yeah it ex- oh yeah it explains a lot because i also heard like back in the day before the stephanie mcmahon came in to the storyline they were originally gonna have shane mcmahon's wife play his sister 
What? There was what? a huge, uh, like I heard it on, uh, they, they, like before they were going to head down that storyline, I think it was like before they entered the Attitude Era, um, Howard Stern had Shane McMahon, sorry, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon and his wife come on the show and they were talking okay. about it and they're like, oh, who's this lovely lady? Introduce us to your... And then Shane McMahon's like, he's my wife, but uh, in the storyline, he's going to be playing my sister, which today what Stephanie took on. And then I think there was a last minute change because that's, I still remember it vividly because like mm -hmm. I was going online and I was like researching, I'm like, are you serious? Like, and then when Stephanie McMahon showed up, um, I was like Googling, I was like, wait, Stephanie McMahon is... Uh, Shane's wife? That can't be it. And then I think when I looked into it, it's like, no, Stephanie McMahon is Vince McMahon's actual daughter. They kind of changed the storyline a little. Yeah, huh. just a bit. That. And then they kind of shoved uh, Shane McMahon's wife into the background. She never really made her. Yeah, Vin uh, Vince didn't want to give her her like, credit. Yeah. I, I, I can't say I've ever heard that before. That's, that's pretty that's Yeah, pretty that was something. something that I still remember this day. Like, I think if you were to look it up, it's not hard to find it. Unless there wasn't a, the clip was taken down, but it was all like on Howard Stern's show. Um, they were Man. talking about that. Yeah. Um, well, wow. Okay. That yeah. bombshell. So with, with that, with that in mind, Ben, so with kind of this context of who the grand villain of wrestling is and of the world of professional wrestling that leads us to, you know, obviously years and years of massive success because that's the kind of system we, we have. But that, again, then all leads us to WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, California. Um, a weekend and a cavalcade of activity for you involving many an indie show that we won't laboriously go into. Check our Instagram to see some of the most amazing reels um, capturing some of the best moments from Ben's indie wrestling experiences. Um, but I'll give you one chance, Ben, if there's one indie wrestling show, you want to give us some details on what would it be? But then I want you to jump into night one of WrestleMania. I, I think the biggest thing is watching all these different companies, wrestlers from Mexico, Japan, uh, you know, Europe wrestling in their own respective style, independent from WWE makes me upset that WWE exists because it exists and has existed since Vince McMahon took over specifically to stifle others in the industry at the expense of his own success. Oh, okay. It's never been about the artistry because I, I'm one of the few people who genuinely views pro wrestling as an art form. I, and, I mean, and the agree. more it's live action comic books. Yeah. yeah but, but the more, the more I view it under that light, the more I develop an appreciation for all the differences mm -hmm. it shows. My favorite show of the weekend was an hour and 45 minute show put on by Tokyo Joshi pro wrestling. Hell yeah. It, it was, it was a quick six match show. Japanese women's wrestlers first show outside of um, Japan that was branded by them. They opened the show with a dance and sing along number. Let's go. 
Yeah, and they they start all their shows with a singing and dancing number. A woman next to me who was a massive Joshi Japanese women's wrestling fan, she's watching them sing this like high pitched, fast paced, uber pop dance song, Mm -hmm. and she is crying. I was gonna ask. She's so excited to be seeing this. Are you seeing the wrestlers? Yeah, the wrestlers. Wow, amazing. Because they're, they're the Up Up Girls. Oh, so they are okay. all super cute dancers and singers as well as wrestlers. So so ostensibly the woman who was crying next to you has been watching Joshi Pro for such a long time. And this is like, you know, seeing the real shit for the first time. Yeah, it, it just made me like, I, I got verklempt looking at that. Because I was like, that's... You know, no matter how far removed we are from, like, Luthez and shit. Like, that's what wrestling's about, is making people really care and doing it in such a weird way. Too. Well, that's that's really that, that moment of, like, it's still real to me, damn it, kind of vibe. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, because it is. And it, it, that's, uh, again, like you said, Ben, that's the power. That's the magic of pro wrestling. I think... I think that's why what Vince has done to pro wrestling as like a larger industry is what really breaks down people's hearts because he doesn't give a shit about the fans. It it just amazes me how little they've actually done for pro wrestling. All they did was they took a national because it was already in regional companies around the country. The and they were all different too. They were all different little territories and they had their own special thing and their own special way. And Vince knew none of that. He stole all the ideas and he bought everyone out. Yeah, because fuck everyone it's else. Just, it's just amazing that, you know, the bald face, oh, WWE will get better talks. Mm-hmm. It's always been like that. Mm. It's It's always been this problematic thing. WWF, WWE has never been about the fans ultimately. And I feel like that was also the story of this weekend, which we'll get to one more shout out to the luchador Galeno Del Mal. He's the nephew of silver King. He was like six foot six. He was shaped like a semi truck. Hell yeah. And he could do a tope out of the ring and he did a spinning brain buster off the top rope. So he's a really big guy who can work (laughs) there's highlights of him on the instagram dude is massive he's my new favorite wrestler ever yeah that's the hope of a weekend like the one you had yeah yeah also dante martin snapped his leg at like a 90 degree and right right in front of you too right in front of me damn giving it a little kiss (laughs) god it was brutal the most disgusting injury i've seen in over 20 years what was the first? in person? What was the oh, one before Sid. that? Actually, I oh, say. Sid Vicious breaking his leg. Yeah. Oh. yeah if if you want to look that up, feel free. But I'm I'm not. Um, <laughs> that one's I've seen a video. That one's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah that that one's the worst. Uh, anyway, let's talk about WrestleMania. Whoa, Yay. whoa! Been waiting a WrestleMania. Um. So how was your experience, man? Live. I know we were chatting live as well while you were there. So (laughs) night one, I was 
I w- was the better show probably, but mm-hmm. we were all severely sleep deprived. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How were you even and doing? tired. We were not good. We were tired and sleep deprived. Rebecca wore shoes that were the equivalent of high heels and did not know how uncomfortable they were going to get. Oh, why and then so far to get down to the, cause they look like sneakers. They're like platform sneakers. Okay. Oh. But they were so like she looked fabulous, well, but course. she was suffering. But where, where um, were to get you down sitting, to the floor? Actually. Oh, sorry. We we were on the floor. Oh, we were on the okay. floor. So we were for night one. We were like eighth row, and then night two we were like seventh row. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we got to the floor, um, and to get from the top of SoFi to the floor mm-hmm. took us on night one about. 30 minutes oh geez and then you have to take ramps all the way out i it was sofi stadium might be the most difficult stadium sounds i've ever had the displeasure of getting out of night one took us two hours to get out night night one did that night two was like an hour and hour or so and that's not accounting for the time it took you to get to the venue and everything too right well well, that's leaving so that's getting out yeah so it, it was imagine. it was awful yeah matt and i we were watching and then we we're like saying let's see if we can spot ben yeah <laughs> but i was we trying didn't to know use, where you were sitting i was trying to use the instagram videos you were posting to track your location uh, <laughs> it was hard to tell um but yeah night one i feel like was the better in-ring show mm-hmm. um it didn't have my favorite match of the weekend that was on night okay. two but Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte was a really good match uh, where they were like, we should have been the WrestleMania main event. And they had a better match than the main event that night. They still should not have main evented, though. So it was oh. it was good that they were where they were. Yeah, Pat that, McAfee showed up. That part of the show was well-paced. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Miz got pinned because that's his Whoa. job in life, I guess. And and um, to star and to star in the marine, yeah, yeah, one, three two, marines. three, four, five. I have or, to no, say, he wasn't in the first God. one. To say, yeah, what like, else was on night one? My like, this is my first WrestleMania in a very long time. Yeah, in y- um, generations. Yeah, and like I have to say, my f- the the best match of night one for me was the. The fatal four-way tag team match. Yeah. I mean, it was that, a really good match. That was a real like the stunts they. Well, pulled. you also you missed the main event, right? I I kind of was like, yeah, I had to leave, but I kind of I I kind of knew what was the outcome going to be, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you could yeah. have said that about night two, also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no well, night I, two well, for Monty. Monty thought the re- the the correct outcome would have actually happened yeah i was with matt I, we were watching it together and i was like yeah i think i was hoping for um the title to switch to change hands because yeah. it would so, make so for, sense right? for contact vince mcmahon i mean like so as ben said it's all about the magic right it's yeah. all about the the setup and the delivery and the and how real it feels and Vince McMahon has a tendency to think giving the fans what they want is an insult to his ability to tell a story. 
So he does everything in his power. Mm. Yeah, it feels like he's like, oh, you want this? Not happening. Yeah, everyone was like so pissed, man. I was like, what the heck is this? Well, well, here, let, let's finish the night one discussion okay, right. first. Um, so, Monty, you really like the Fatal 4-Way tag I match. Like I agree. One. I like uh, uh, the Seth uh, Rollins and Logan Paul one. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. That was yeah. fun to watch. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Shockingly good. For sure. Who was, who, wait, who was, who was the guy in the Prime bottle? It was his That YouTube. was KSI. Yeah, his YouTube bomb. Who is that? He's a fellow YouTuber who's he boxed him. They started the prime drink together. Yeah. They like notoriously They're business that together partners and if you want to see his thing. Yeah. So is yeah. is he like a is he like a real life heel or is like he okay? No, he's no. like a heel. I mean he's not like a he's, no, he's a real life heel, but he's not a bad person. No, yeah, he's not a bad person. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, not so we like him like more than the than the Pauls. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's okay. overall less of a monster. Yeah. Got it. But <laughs> like um, less. Yeah, I don't think I think the first match, Austin Theory versus John Cena, that was kind of predictable. Um, well, of course, yeah, John, yeah, it's look, a John, John Cena match. Yeah, the only, I, I, yeah, you haven't. I, I don't know. I was the bald spot uh, was impossible C- to ignore. <laughs> You see John Cena lose a match. I, I I don't know if I'm ever fully prepared for that. Not but I was surprised to see him. I was surprised to see him do it so efficiently and quickly. Yeah, it was a it was a shockingly. We didn't lose clean, so that that makes sense yeah. in the John Cena grand scheme. Yeah, but I mean, it was really it was really set up so John could get in and go home. Yeah, and then, that's how it felt at least. Like for mind you that I missed the last three matches, but for me of the five matches that I thought was oh, as much as I I wanted to see Lita and Trish, Trish Stratus back, um, that match was really really poorly done. Unfortunately, yeah, man, be glad you got what you got. Yeah, yeah right. Was, <laughs> Compared to what Lita was doing a month ago, that was amazing. Lita's in rough enough shape. She didn't even wrestle in Raw tonight. I was actually waiting to talk to you. So what happened? It looks like they were trying to go easy on Lita through the whole match. Well, they, So uncoordinated. Like, was she injured or something like that? I mean, Lita Lita hasn't wrestled full-time in 16 years. Yeah, but I figure, like, her leading up to this match, like, uh, on the previous show, she's done a a few. I was just shocked. She did, did, like, one match. Yeah, it's... Like, yeah. I can see, like, it's like they were so afraid to do certain stuff. But mm-hmm. I have to say, what surprised me about that match, two two people that surprised me a lot was watching Eosky, obviously. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, she yep. gave it her all. She was, like, throwing She's her body champion. around all over the place. And then you see that, like, I was, like, as the match was progressing, I was just, like, mm-hmm. what is Tris going to do? Right, like, and then she mm-hmm. surprised me with all her moves, like that she was pulling. She was really impressive. She was yeah. insanely, like, so much better than Lita. But the only thing I caught that caught my attention was like, what is going on with Lita? Like, what the heck is going on? Like, they were, mm-hmm. they were like, it, I, they were like, as if they're so terrified to like 
do anything crazy to her, like pull off any crazy stunts with her. So, I mean, I think they are. They don't want the yeah. You know, but then again, they, you see a... like Trish Stratus, who is probably I'm guessing um, just as close to her in age. She's pulling in like crazy ass moves and and like really like really pushing the the, the envelope on that. Well, you also got to think about what the... they did with their careers prior to this yeah like alita's like alita's broken her neck like twice yeah Yeah. trish only had one injury and it was like an arm injury Mm -hmm. so she was fine but lita Mm -hmm. on the other hand has a lot more miles on her body and to be fair pretty substantially she Uh. wasn't a great wrestler to begin with Mm. that's a nice way of putting it yeah i mean like she was like like she was fine like she could do a moonsault and alita can rana but you know yeah, no, I was just like, reading up on yeah. her, her wrestling pass and how she's wrestled all over the place, including mm-hmm. Japan and, and Mexico. But yeah, it was just, uh, I was, I guess I had my, my hopes up watching that match because I was like, oh man, Lita back in the day, she was like, yeah, not too bad. They dude. say Lita wrestled in Japan. Yeah, she did. She traveled to Japan and wrestled there. For like... For like a tour, maybe. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not, I'm <laughs> don't get bogged down. Wikipedia. Don't get bogged down. Yeah. Not so, getting bogged down. So like, uh, Matt, what was what was your favorite match of night one? Well, I I think the Sami Zayn Usos tag match. I, I it's hard to it's hard for me to argue against it as being what when it when it came to having my narrative hopes like expressed. And what I felt like was going to be a truly good storytelling moment, which is what I really am here for in the wrestling. In mm-hmm. addition to the, to the skill on display, the yeah, the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn Usos match is up there. It's probably definitely my favorite. I was also like like Monty said, a huge fan of the uh, four way tag team match and the Seth Rollins Logan Paul match with KSI. But I still think the the main event takes it because it gave me what I as a fan. It gave me that crescendo moment that feels perfect for like an end of season moment. Like I feel like WW, like WrestleMania should be yeah. like the narrative kind of follow through of what I've been looking for this whole time. Yeah. 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 I it, stadium shows, I feel like are not really great being at live for like narrative conclusions <laughs> just because it's yeah. really hard to like, get the chance going and really feel like everyone's on top of you well, it feels... versus an indoor venue that like the, the cheers sort of leave the venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on TV, it feels like it should work. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. watching so it from, like, I... if I was there live, I'd agree with you, but watching it from right. home, like that's exactly. how you do it. Cause you can pipe in crowd audio. Like when people don't yeah. sing. So, so live, I thought it was a very good match, but I actually preferred Rhea and Charlotte, uh, the semi main event. Which had a really slow first half, but the yeah. last half they were beating the tar they, out of they each gave other. That, they and gave that's that what I want out of, of my time. wrestling. I want people beating each other up. They can be friends afterwards, but during that match, I want to see welts. I want to see bruises. Sounds like you like hard style. Well, if you wanted mm. to see some bruises, that Shane McMahon stunt was pretty hilarious. Well, that's on night two. That's on night <laughs> oh, two. Was yeah, that so, night two? Okay, I got so, confused. Sorry. So no, night yeah. one was a success. Night two, everything was fine until Shane McMahon <laughs> ran out to the ring, tore his quadded. I went to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, in the period yeah. of me going I to the bathroom. Message, you guys, like, what did I miss? <laughs> so I so 
the what was the match before that? It was like it was the um, cell match, um, I think. I think yeah. No, it was before the cell was, match. It was, Bian- it was Bianca Oscar. Yeah. It was one. Of, was it was one of the the first signs of true disappointment in the evening. Yeah, I was really hoping Oscar uh, would get the title on. Like like to Matt, what Matt said uh, when we were watching it, it felt like it was her turn to win the title at a WrestleMania event. You know. So. Yeah, she's never had a WrestleMania yeah. moment. The 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 issue is that Bianca was never gonna lose. Bianca is like the Hulk Hogan of the women's division. It right makes now. zero sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'm for how WWE is. I'm on board the Bianca bandwagon. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't mind just because. Given who I've seen in that role before, sure. Bianca is more than suitable for the role. Yeah, so because like yeah. they're they're gonna have someone in that position, and if it's gonna be anyone, it should be Bianca because she's been able to hold the title for a year, and on average, crowds are not sick of her yet, which is I guess yeah probably yeah. the first time that's happened. Nearly since like Hogan. Line, I agree, but the thing is. <sighs> I just thought, like, not say, you know what, overall match, like, the overall match for those two on WrestleMania, in WrestleMania was, like, they, they were good, I have to say. But I was, like, trying to see if, she, like, I really think Asuka, like, I think that's what's just missing for her is just that, that WrestleMania championship win. That, that yeah, was she awesome. needs that big moment to yeah. make it all... To tire her care. I mean, when and she tweeted after the after the main event, she's like, and I mean, I think it might have been in reference to other things, but she she tweets, you know, might as well just go back to Japan. Oh, did she say something? Like yeah. That? I mean, oh shit. I mean, it might it was either in relation to that to what happened at Mania or just in general. And then come Monday night, we don't even see Bailey on Raw. But we're not at Raw I mean, yet. Yeah, we're not at Raw yet. Yeah, that that I don't know how much to read into. Um, what 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 was what was your favorite match of the night, Matt? For night one or night two? Night two. Um, well, it certainly wasn't. It was it was the main event for a while. Um, <laughs> and then it and until then it, the until the end until the until the last two minutes of the main event, it was one of the best pro, uh, pro wrestling main events I've ever watched. Um. But because that match was was ruined awfully, um, the second best and my my favorite match of the night was Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. I was just gonna say, so perfect yeah. conclusion. Everything about that about that match just worked. I got what I we got what we wanted as audience, which is the correct finish. <laughs> the slap fest. Yeah, watching that, that with, with with Monty was a real gift, especially <laughs> given his lack of knowledge of who all these people were, especially Gunther. Yeah, when you told yeah. me what his character was, I was just like, I, I know it's probably inappropriate to say online, but I was just laughing through head, my my head. I was just like, oh my god, this guy. Yeah, the big evil Nazi beating of Irish people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I, I I was actually disappointed because up until that match, my match of the weekend was uh, Maki Ito and Miyu Yamashita defending the Tokyo Joshi Pro Women's Tag Titles mm-hmm. against Yuka Sakazaki and Miz- and uh, Mizuki, wow. which was uh, a an excellent match. And then WrestleMania Night Two, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Guther are like, let's. 
have one of the best matches yep, in WrestleMania history yeah. just out of nowhere. I mean, these guys beat the piss out of each yes. other. Yeah. And it takes a lot for me at a stadium show to be like on my feet. And by the end, I was like, yeah, come on. You know, like I was totally marking out for everything. Seamus, I have never been more engaged with uh, uh, uh. in my life than in that match. After years of constant disappointment, I'm like Seamus has validated me ever liking him with uh, this uh, uh. one match. No, I always liked Seamus. It was. Actually. I, yeah, Seamus is fine, but like he was more than fine here. He was great. Yeah. I, I thought it was amazing. It was right out of Gunther's like PWG playbook. Yeah. Just, he could have a great match with anyone. It's not even the PWG playbook. That's the Gunther playbook. Damn right. I, I I mean, he he just does not miss when it comes to these big deal matches. No, he doesn't. I I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Um I I don't it was it was it was a perfect match, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you could do to make it any Yeah, like like that's the perfect. match you want to like that's the match you want to watch. Actually, I do know what would have and what did make it more perfect. Okay. Uh, at the end of the match, uh, the lights went down so they could air their plethora of commercials. Yeah, but oh, of uh, Drew entered the ring and him and Sheamus gave each other a big hug and the oh, crowd went yeah. ape shit. Yeah. Nice. I wish I'd seen that. So. But speaking of it, like it was, brutal matches, oh. come on, guys, Edge. And uh, Edge and the Finn. Demon. And the Demon. The Demon. I lost Stout. all of the interest in this yep. when Finn starts bleeding. Really? They stop oh, the match. Lord, yeah. They open the cell door and then they have medical staff closing the wound. Yeah. We, this may be barbaric of me. Yeah, could you share more I of do that not... story? Like what you saw? Because like... What, yeah, what we, we like were like, we didn't know what it was happening, but we were guessing like he was busted open for sure. Um, oh yeah. So Edge throws the ladder at his head, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So he gets down. They get up. They do one more move, and then the ref calls for the medical team. And either either that or someone because I didn't see him wave them over, but it must have been visible on the screen. Mm. Because instantly they didn't show much. They, they were really staff. hiding it. Like it was like it was yeah. all the cameras were all on Edge, and we were just like, "Did he get what the over? hell happened?" Yeah, yeah. Like, but, so he does like because from our angle, so, we well the way we saw, yes, we saw the ladder get thrown, but we didn't. It didn't look like something that would cause such a big fussle reaction. Yeah, reaction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so as soon mundane. as they saw as soon as they saw the blood from the ladder, they call over the medical staff and as soon as they start moving, the crowd goes boo. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's no. a hell of a match. You don't you don't no, I agree with it. You can have Edge You can have Edge just win the match. Yeah. Sure, yeah, okay. But you're I'm... not going to you but you're not going to stop the match. Spend 5 minutes having a medical team like ten to Finn Balor. It's like, like I mean, yeah, there they are. <laughs> like you can you can check to make sure that he's like there, 
like all faculties mm-hmm. and fine. But if the dude's just bleeding, let him bleed. It's a wrestling. Yeah, match. like I was, I, I was guess, asking. Yeah. It's, it's a like, hell in a cell match. I, like I was gonna say, like I was like, wait a second, like since when did wrestling? really start doing the censor like they didn't want to show like his head's completely busted over yeah, i mean well, back I in the day really like sh- you see like rick flair getting like razored you see like you know all these other wrestlers like you know mick foley yeah. and all those like like I don't know. I when i actually, when i saw the wound afterwards i mean it's pretty pretty brutal i couldn't see i don't care clearly. that's you're a wrestler yeah. i guess yeah <laughs> That, that's that's the point. I you know? at least it's... understand why they did and, and it. I plus, get that it's annoying, but at least I understand why it happened. And, no. and, and to add to what Ben is saying is like this is a hell in a cell match. You're gonna get blood for sure. Like sure, history wise, yeah. there's so if... many hell in a cell matches that was way more bloodier than this. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. this is like completely like But I have to say the reason why I say it was a good match is like these guys really gave it their all. Like you have to. I will oh, say, yeah. After after they had, because that took like five minutes, and Edge was just improving, putting weapons in the ring. Yeah. Once they brought it back, the last like five seven minutes, whatever, was really mm-hmm. good. I will give them that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they earned it. And I'm it not at the saying. End. Yeah, like I don't want the wrestlers to work hurt. If Finn's out, Finn's out. But if they just want him to close up the wound, like just fucking wrestle. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, like, be like, who is it for me to say? But I feel like uh, it's. I think uh, what you're saying is like you give it, the it, people it, you they want to see, but mm-hmm. not like, like sort of give the five minutes or, of the. Let me like, put trying to, like. Let me put it. Here's what I'll say: If you need to stop the match for blood, don't do in a hell in a cell match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go, yeah, true. Okay, that the, I can that, understand. That's, agree, agree. That's really what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. You know? Because Hell in a Cell, that's what people expect to see. This is like that's what they're there for. Exactly. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Going back to like before, prior to WrestleMania, I was watching the classic Mick Foley and Undertaker match, Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. match. Holy shoot! Like that was freaking awesome. So when it was starting, when Matt told me, "Oh, this is a Hell in a Cell match," I'm like, "Holy crap! I am like, I am yeah. so I'm awake. In. I'm awake. I was like." ready to watch how this goes and then all of a sudden it's just like what why why like is this like (laughs) what censorship is oh it's bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i mean look look at it this way criticize wwe for the fact that they were advertising Finn Balor for a match that he wasn't cleared to wrestle at until three days before the show. Wait, oh, what? Really? Oh, okay. He I had a even... leg injury. He wasn't cleared until three days before the show, and they let him do that uh, jumping dive where he lands on his feet through a table to end the match. You know, honestly, so WWE's fine with that, but blood. Can't no, have no, that, no. pal. No, it's not PG, bro. Not PG. Uh, so anyway, that's that's me off my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> but let's hop on to another one. Main event of WrestleMania Night oh, 2. Oh, my sweet. One and, of the most narratively really... dick punches in history. <laughs> so, Cody Rhodes, who spent the last three months saying that he needs to finish the story. Yeah. And yes. win the one world title his father never could. Yeah. 
loses to Roman Reigns the same way everyone's lost to Roman Reigns over the, the last exact year. same way. Yeah. Not even like okay. even like an inclination of it being interesting. After an incredible match, it just sort of ends. Um, and I yelled, "Fuck this company!" out loud. Yeah. We we and all then my felt father that. took us we to the wrong end. Yeah, like because I was really like to your point, the storyline of you know it's a tribute fight for his dad, Dusty Rhodes, and. All of a sudden, like, and he was pulling off all the dusty stuff. The crowds were going wild. The pops were getting louder. And then to end with that, I was just like, Ugh. this is like, this is not how the story should. It's insulting. What, yeah. What, yeah. What really bummed me out about this is we've talked about how Vince McMahon's creative vision for WWE was yeah. always about money and it was never about the fans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is true. Once you get a guy, you run him dry, and then you switch to someone else. It's not about the hardcore fans' enjoyment, because they'll watch regardless. True. And the sad thing about the main event of Night 2 of WrestleMania is that was not a Vince McMahon decision. That was a Triple H decision. The man who's taken the mantle from Vince. Oh, I thought it was Vince. No. Which means that Triple H, too, is following the same formula of of Vince McMahon which is delay what the fans want now Triple H's mindset I'm sure is more colored by the NWA from the 80s Mm -hmm. in the 70s and 80s you had Ric Flair and Harley Race and you know whoever was the NWA champion at the time the big bad heel they go on TV and they'd say oh at the gardens, Kerry Von Eric, I'm going to wrestle you for the NWA World's Championship, mm-hmm. but you can't beat me because I'm the champ. And so they would be champions for like one year, two years at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they would send these pre-tapes in. Mm-hmm. They do a shot in Texas for that territory. Then they do a shot in Georgia for that territory. Then North Carolina, that'd be like Rick's home base, you know, okay. so it's been a little more time there. But he'd be traveling genuinely around the world, legitimate 300, like 25 days a year mm-hmm. on the road, wrestling like over 300 matches, sometimes twice in one day with flights in between. But why they did that is because one, the one world champion like mm-hmm. traveled everywhere yeah, and he was the one big bad for everyone to beat, but also each promotion had their own main title. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tommy Rich didn't beat Flair for the title, but he had the championship of his main show many times over and one time he'd win. Yeah. You know, you're not ex- it's it's different weekly TV. Mm-hmm. Back in the territory era, it was about what are the weekly matches going to be down at the local civic center. Yeah, of yeah. course, that it's, makes sense. Yeah, it's it's not directed by what's happening next on the TV show. Mm-hmm. I get that Triple H wants Roman Reigns to have the longest world title reign of all time. And I get that you can even get back there with Cody Rhodes if you want to. Mm-hmm. But one, they're not making Cody Rhodes a main event guy. I've been, I've, I feel pretty definite at this point. And two, even if you do like, that was the point. Like, that was the time to do it. Yeah. And you can get back to an approximation of that. I'm not saying you can't, can. but it's that Triple H had an option. 
Yeah. After years of Vince McMahon not giving the people the fairy tale ending that they wanted, yeah. he had the chance to go, all right, we're just going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's instead, time. Instead, he goes, we can get more money out of this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that's the WWE playbook. And that's why fuck WWE. Because it's still... Same thing there. And wrestling's always been about milking money out of your competitors. But the smaller guys now don't have that luxury yeah, because true. they've been so marginalized and they're so small now in comparison that you got to do what the fans want or else you go out of business. Yeah. WWE doesn't, doesn't need to worry about that. So they're still booking like the old territory days mm-hmm. where the guys you want to win never win except it's on a macro scale so they never even get the small wins now cody rhodes isn't going to win the raw title because the raw title doesn't exist you have the u.s title that's marginalized by austin theory yeah it's not the same metrics and yet there's this there's this idea that it's the same thing but it's different and that carried over even to raw what do you guys think uh I mean, it's just awful. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm lost for words. Like, I was really disappointed with that. Like, it, it feels like it, you know, it's always there's always been the meme that they don't care about the fans, right? Like, that's been the gimmick for years now. And, like, for a while, it's like, yeah, ha, they don't care about the fans. But it's like, oh, they don't they don't not care about the fans. They actively despise their existence now. Oh, well, I, I knew I could have told yeah, you that well, for years. True, but... Yeah, yeah. How was was I the just, crowd booing uh, when you were there at that when that hit? I mean, I mean, kids were crying. Oh man! Some people were laughing. Some people were cheering because they were Roman <laughs> fans. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Good number of people were booing. Not surprised. A lot of a lot of kids crying. I didn't. Think yeah, that. I, I, I wouldn't they be? <laughs> it was. I yeah. and like like it's 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 well it's. It, you can do, in my opinion, what Vince and them did on Monday Night Raw. I mean, wh- what they did with Night Two. You can do that, right? Like you can what, successfully. What, 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 my last point on Night Two. Yeah. The thing that really bothered me about seeing those kids crying. Yeah. It's WrestleMania. This yeah. is the season finale. Yeah. You gave him someone to believe in. And you rip that away from them. It's like a fundamental misunderstanding. It's like a game of telephone with how wrestling works. Well, I I mean, you know, like you, the the main baby face in a promotion should not betray the trust of his fans. That's why Bret Hart, when he was interviewed while he was champ, if he said, I'm going to win this match, he won the match. If he was going to lose the match, he never said, I'm going to win the match. And like, this is the same vibe of that no one has had the momentum cody rhodes has had since daniel bryan did in 2014 and he got injured right after they had that and now there's always going to be that asterisk yep next to it well and 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 genuinely it's just not right well genuinely it felt like it was the first time it was set up where that where the outcome of him winning was like realistic like we as wrestling fans were like oh cool like we know a little roman wins right yeah but we were in a situation where it was like well actually they finally might do like the legit thing and lol roman won't win well you know we get the same exact thing one more time 
And now I think you've, I mean, you've given, you've given people the gift of the disillusionment that existed in the ruthless aggression era. And I guess that's a gift. I, my disappointment with that was like, when Matt was telling me the backstory of what, what was the story with Roman, it's just that, you know, he's holding on, he's held on to this belt. Like he's, he's one of the longest like title holders on, on, on this record. I'm like, Cody will win because they probably don't want that to happen. I was just like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. No, they wanted to go the longer. Story. Yeah. And then now they made him the, like, like the longest. He's going to go for champ. like a thousand days. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, there's no it's, excitement in that. It's intentionally it's not only disappointing. That, yeah. It's intentionally disappointing. Like it's it's intentionally it, it doesn't reward the viewers for the no. time they spend watching. It insults and them. It, yeah, it, it really does kind of insult them. And then to cap everything off, you know, you would think they're so desperate always to find a new main guy because business is down when they don't have a guy. But it's still got to be their guy, which is what we see on Monday when whoever booked the show <laughs> seems to be Triple H more so. <laughs> wanted to make it very very clear that cody rhodes is not and will never be a main event guy (laughs) he can't be of course not matt how would you describe what happened on monday to cody rhodes uh i mean it was it it was like an intentional character destruction it was it was it was actually more than that it was them literally insulting the fans for liking him. Yeah. Like you were told to your face as a fan that Cody Rhodes' story, his message, everything that's happened up to this point doesn't doesn't deserve your actual attention. Now, I can see people being like, oh, we're just going to – I've seen the argument that they're doing this just so that um, they can have Cody – uh win later but what it's telling you is that what you want is wrong that's how i felt you know it, it's i don't it, even know i yes and no yeah i i here's the thing people talk a lot of the time about being quote unquote buried in pro wrestling yeah and people really don't know what that means no they don't uh appreciate to, to be buried is to have the promoter attempt to directly lower your positioning in the company yeah. right it's an, so it's to be an buried destruction is, yeah to be buried is to take someone off tv for six months in the hopes that people forget about them to bury them is to have them on tv losing in comedic fashion every single week um, the old a, Santino Morella. A, to, to make a guy who was destined to be your top guy and define him down, all you need to do is, one, have him interrupt the guy who he lost to at the pay-per-view the night before, say that he was the better man even though he had to cheat to win, and have your only retort to that be, but I got really close. 
Didn't I? <laughs> then you find a tag team partner for your main event, the former Uber boss of pro wrestling, mm-hmm. who enters the ring and slaps you around like you are a five-year-old and you're on a play date with him. Yep. <laughs> you come out for the main event. And your partner, who you just made allies with two and a half hours before, assaults you immediately, and you do not get in one move of offense. He then spins the next, I timed it, seven minutes, beating down Cody Rhodes with a chair, mm-hmm. with stairs, yep. putting him through the table, yeah, makes sense. F5-ing him, F5-ing him again leaving coming back that's when i knew that they were deliberately burying cody Rhodes. is when they kept having brock come back out Mm -hmm. because then people want to see a guy beat somebody up so what did the crowd start doing they started cheering for brock and they were a section below us was chanting thank you lesnar (laughs) because they were excited to see their guy they were excited to see Brock wreck shit. Yeah. And then Brock comes out one more time just to make sure he's really cool and he flips off Cody Rhodes. Uh, well, of course. I missed that, but I was going to ask, like, so is Brock now a heel or has Cody been turned a heel? No, Neither. Brock's the bad guy. Oh, okay. But it doesn't yeah. matter because they punked out Cody Rhodes to make him look like, like an idiot. Yeah. Bitch. I it, it, this is the rule. This is the rule. Could you imagine Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, uh Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, any of Roman Reigns any of being them. made to look the way Cody Rhodes looked? No. No. The closest you could get would be The Rock the night after WrestleMania 17. Mm -hmm. He got attacked by Steve Austin with a chair like 18 times. Yep. And that was because he was going to be gone for the next four months to go to Hollywood after being like a former five-time world champ. Yeah. So, no, this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It was a deliberate, pointed, targeted attempt to go, this is the guy you're cheering for, and we don't fucking Yeah, it's like, oh, this is what you want? All right, guess what? You fucking suck. And I'm not saying they're not going to bring Cody back around to win the title. I don't think they will because they didn't present it that way, but maybe they won't have another option in the future. What I am saying is that they are deliberately fucking with the fans' expectations and the fans' patience. I agree. And, and, you know, who am I to say that WWE is doing anything wrong? Mm-hmm. They've only made more and more money every single year. But I also think that that's part of it, is people have conflated WWE's financial success with being creatively good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. And it's not. And especially when you start looking at other wrestling companies, you'll realize that it's a shame. Yeah. The way WWE is, is such a shame. It's insulting. It's not, it's, they're not the McDonald's of wrestling. They're no. the, uh, in fact, there's a, there's a book, uh, there, there's a quote from the book here. Mm-hmm. 
that someone said, if you walked up to Vince McMahon and you called him the Adolf Hitler of professional wrestling, he'd take you out to dinner. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, but, he, but in yeah. in a way he is. Yeah. He's yeah. in many ways the Adolf Hitler of wrestling, and he's okay it's like, with yeah, that. Uh, other forms of wrestling in America existed, but it took how many years for them to find their footing again? Yeah. Not Basically one eternity. thing Vince McMahon has done seemingly ha- has been out of the kindness of his heart. There's yeah. always some sort of ulterior motive. It's all been objective based. Everything he's ever done his it's, whole career. It's, it's all been about financial success. It's yep. always been about proving business. to proving to his father yeah. that right. he's worthy of his love, which he's never been, which he can never get. Yeah. He can never be worthy of that man's love. Cause that man's it's, love it's, is it's, fake. Yeah. Because he wanted a childhood with that man and he couldn't get it because his dad ran away from him and went back to New York, and his wife married an asshole, an abusive piece of shit asshole. And now now <laughs> we as fans get to feel the weight of that repressed rage and abuse. Yeah, and, and now it's just become standard, and, and so no one checks it when a guy like Triple H starts booking a similar way for his own weird proclivities because he wants to book people like harley race did back in the day yeah Mm. he wants he wants he wants wrestling fans to be able to be happy i have what's your take on this i have two questions i want to run by you maybe you could shed some light Mm. for me on um all right monday night raw the bobby lacy's bit and the Seth Rollins thing. <laughs> that those are two things that confused the heck out of me. I oh. have no idea what was going on. Like the Seth one was weird. Yeah, the Seth thing he, was so strange. Yeah, right. Because he came out he came out and went to commercial. Mm-hmm. He started arguing with someone at ringside. They give him a mic. He says, Hey Los Angeles, let me hear you. Yeah. They start doing the singing thing. And then he slams that thing against the announce table, the microphone. Oh, oh, jeez! And then he just lets them keep doing the singing thing. Yeah. So wow. like, so I was like thinking, I, like, was he supposed to have a match? And then good old Vince came in and it's like, no, 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 we're changing it up right now. And they didn't have enough time. Yeah, it to seemed come up weird. Well, they also canceled one women's match from the evening too, which is even more strange that they gave. Literally time for someone just to stand on stage and do nothing. I'm like so I'm yeah. so perplexed. Yeah. I Well, I mean, it was the first night. I mean, I don't know if 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 Vince was in Gorilla all night for Mania, but he was in Gorilla with headset giving production notes on Monday. So ostensibly Monday night was mostly a Vince booked evening. I mean, it's the rumor is that he didn't actually change that much, and the heat's just been shifted to Vince because the show was so shitty. Well, yeah, that's a good move. Mm. Which is even more sad, given that Triple H might have thought that that was a good, a well-booked show. Like, am I? Are we already disillusioned from the potential of Triple H? Like, is it already ruined? Like, do we already know now that? Everything that we might have hoped for with pro wrestling and WWE going forward is 
is dead. I mean, we should have never been lulled into a false sense of security in the first place, but much more so than ever before, this felt like a true chance at hope. Even when they Can let Brian win at Mania, I was like, sure, it's still going to be bad in a week. But like, you know, leading up to Mania, I was like, man, if, if Cody wins and they decide to tell the actual story they have before them and it's amazing, oh man, everything's, it could really be great for both them and for AEW as like a nice sense of competition and storytelling. And then they just shit all over it all. I mean, I would say Triple H went head to head with AEW and lost. And he got his ass handed to him. Triple H is a Triple H is a very good territory era booker and he'd be great to book something like Ring of Honor too. Um but the fact is no one can really book Raw and SmackDown well at this point. I well, don't think. They're too long and they don't have the right circumstances. They're too long. They're too bloated. There's yeah. too much shit around them. You'd have to change it, a lot to make the situation manageable. You you would have to change like the foundational structure of WWE at this point yeah. to make them for me watchable. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a 12 um, year old, so of course. <laughs> yeah. So, in closing, wow. I I think that WrestleMania, the lasting emotion from it is mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent. Sadness for what Vince McMahon has done as detailed in the book Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America by Abraham Reisman. Shout out. It's it's sad what he's taken away from wrestling from the artistry of it, it's sad that he got away with it <laughs> and was able to put his own spin on it and still get away with it. Uh, and the fact that even now, because of their weird corporate culture and the eye of Sauron, that even without Vince will continue to plague WWE, that they're still going to play their playlist instead of things that you know the fans in general would probably rather see yeah that sums it up all right i mean there's there's no better way to put it and before we close i have (laughs) oh yes i have one more song this song is the second song at the Slammies where Vince is actively threatening anyone who dares oppose him in the pro wrestling space Alleging, if you only knew what he is going to do to take wrestling nationwide. I just find it amazing that Vince McMahon penned songs targeted towards his competitors and then made all of the wrestlers that he poached from other wrestling companies sing it out to them. Well, you can see how dead inside half of them are. Like, just absolutely hearts caved into their own chest. Randy Savage from his father's promotion... Jake Roberts from Mid-South, Hulk Hogan from the AWA, Ultimate Warrior from World Class Championship Wrestling, Jim Duggan from Mid-South. The list goes on. All of these people practically were poached by Vince. Ted DiBiase from Mid-South, Bobby Heenan from AWA, then Georgia. (laughs) And then he's making them all sing out to the promoters that once employed them. If you only knew... 
four times the charm. Follow us on Instagram. Let's go later. <laughs>